Remakers Mark Special Episode 28. Post-Holiday Remakers Mark Recommends. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Remakers Mark. Here we are in our 28th special episode where we are going to be doing a post-2021 holiday break Remakers Mark Remakers Merrick recommendation segment. So uh, we've all had a little bit of time to chill out, hang out with our people, hang out with our friends and family. Uh, and we just want to talk a little bit about what, uh, what kind of got us through that and maybe what got us through this year a little bit because it was, uh, you know, not the easiest one. Uh, with me, as always, are my friends Andy, Jer, and Mark. Uh, Lee is not with us tonight. He had to hit the hay a little bit early on account of waking up early. Poor fella. Uh, so the four of us will uh, do our darndest. So... Andy, do you understand the assignment? I understood the assignment. Is that a meme? Great. Is that the meme? I, I don't know. You're that so was not TikTok-y. what I was attempting to. Man. My <laughs> wife so made dear. her first TikTok over Christmas break, by the way. Thanks Ooh, to our high school it go? niece. Um, I mean. I saw it, so that means yeah. it's pretty viral. There you go. It's. I mean, it's It's the most. it's the most virally. Wonderful, Andy. Thank you. I appreciate knowing that you understand the assignment. Uh, take it away. So, as you said, Kyle, this year, um, well, it sucked for a lot of reasons. So there were definitely things that I needed to help get me through, uh, get me through the day. And uh, the first thing I'm going to bring up is actually um, two two books um, that uh, have have helped me lately. Uh, the first one is a collection of poems by the Sufi prophet Rumi. Uh, it's simply called Poems by Rumi, and it's just hmm. a, a an, an anthology of different poems that he wrote. Uh, I believe he lived in the 13th century. Uh, so um, it's just he his, his lyrical style and his subject matter are just it's just full of joy and and wonder and uh, just experiencing the world that I, I I appreciate because it seems full of optimism and and goodness in that regard. The second book, uh, I've actually read a couple of them, but the one I'm going to highlight is a book called How to Sit by the Vietnamese monk. And I'm going to really butcher the pronunciation and I apologize, but it's something akin to Thich Nhat Hanh. I can, uh, I can help with that one. That's a Thich Nhat Hanh. Thank you. That's the one. Um, Thich Nhat Hanh, if you are unaware, is uh, a uh, a monk and peace, <clears throat> excuse me, a monk, a peace activist, an author, and has written many, many books. But uh, How to Sit is a fantastic, simple guide on meditating and being still. And it's really been helpful for me. So, Rumi and Teek Nathan. Uh, Jer, tell us about what's been getting you through the year. Do Wait, I hold to- on. I want to talk about Teek Nathan first. Yeah, oh, I, I, want to talk, I want to talk about stuff too. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, Yeah. I would also recommend, uh, this is one that I read in college uh, called Old Path White Clouds by Thich Nhat Hanh. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just a lot of uh, Buddhist teachings and Buddhist stories, beautifully written. He has the the very rare ability of people, I think in the Buddhist faith especially, but in general, to distill down broad concepts into very simple language in a way that doesn't feel like it loses the message. The way that he can do that is really, really extraordinary. Um, If you ever listen to him talk, especially about uh, walking meditation, I'll see if I can maybe find a link to put in the show notes, but walking meditation for him is a a really big deal. Uh, It is just beautiful. You know, it's 
it's the kind where you're like, I can do that, which I think for something like Buddhism, where it is not, generally speaking, not how you probably live your life day to day in terms of meditation, in terms of lack of attachment, right? But it, he makes it feel like it's possible, which is pretty extraordinary. So yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his and have for some time. And likewise, I am a huge fan of Rumi and have read several things of his. I don't have anything additional to recommend beyond what Andy said, but I I don't have any tattoos, which I think makes me a little bit of an anomaly. But the one that I would get were I to ever get a tattoo is a quote from Rumi that is simply, that which you seek is seeking you. Ooh, I nice. like that. That's really so, good. So do I. But, <laughs> Andy, have you, were you a poet... A poet. <laughs> were you a poet? Uh, were you a poetry reader kind of throughout time? Like, have you always been interested <laughs> in poetry throughout the decades? I have been reading poetry since time immemorial. No, I haven't. Uh, really, I haven't. And I've only recently, maybe in the last few years, kind of gotten into poetry. And part of it was I felt like I just never found poetry that really resonated with me a lot of it just either seemed kind of pompous or highfalutin which are very are synonyms i understand that now um <laughs> or just just never really rang true with me but then i uh found mary oliver i think i've learned of mary oliver's poetry uh, upon her passing so i really came into the game late with her and she's another uh writer who's were like she can just she speaks so clearly and simply and yet it is so beautiful and poignant. Um, so I would say like poets like Mary Oliver and Wendell Berry, those kind of writers are ones that really uh, resonate with me. But that's only been in the last few years of my life. Cool. I feel like I need a poetry starter kit. I, uh, you know, I certainly have some read or read some throughout time, but I just like it's not a native thing aside from song lyrics, right? Which, you know, is, is a genre of its own in that realm. But yeah, I, I need to, I need help, Andy. Well, may I recommend Rumi, Mary Oliver and Wendell Berry? You may. Thank you. Uh, Jer, let's go to you. Yeah. So I understood the assignment and, uh, in making it, the assignment ended up with something that I have been watching, listening to playing, doing, eating and reading. So I don't know if we'll get to all of those, but I'll just go down the list. Um, and so what I've been watching lately is uh, both the original season and now the brand new season two of the Netflix show The Witcher, which is based mm. on a video game, which was based on a series of books by a Polish author. Um, it is high fantasy. Uh, it is... In, insanely well done. Um, the show has some of the best fight choreography that I have ever seen. Um, and it's just a very interesting story. It does a lot of time jumping around so that it's not a very nonlinear story, uh, but very interesting. And I am rewatching the first season uh, in order to get caught up again to remember how it all went so that I can start watching the second season, which just came out last week. Um, but it is, um, if you are of that ilk that likes things like Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings and what have you, I think that it would be something that would appeal to all of you. But that is The Witcher. I like those things. Give it a shot. I like those things, and I like The Witcher very much. And Henry Cavill yes. is fantastic. He is 
perfectly cast. He is a huge nerd who mm-hmm. is a Witcher walking Bible, apparently, on the set. And <laughs> um, he, I've read in interviews that he would be perfectly content playing the Witcher forever. Um, <laughs> it sounds like it is exactly what he wants to be doing with his career. Cool. I start, I watched one episode of it, uh, and it just, like, it didn't happen. And I'll tell you the context of it. It was a, uh, as COVID was starting way back in March 2020, uh, I put together, like, a list of things that I would do during the COVID break. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, uh, reading back, it's like, oh, boy, that's... That's pointed. Uh, and that was one of those, was to, to start The Witcher and watch it. And then, like, you know, we ended up working. You know, it didn't end up being a break, right? It was a, a whole other thing. But uh, I will I will strive to get back into that. that. That sounds great. I dig it. There wasn't any particular reason why I stopped. It just didn't, like, happen. I made a list like that, too, which the number one thing on my list was learn how to and start doing uh, miniature painting. Ooh. I have all the paints and all the miniatures that's as far as I got. <laughs> That's two steps in the right direction. Jared. There's always spray paint if you want to just do want to be like, hey, it's orange guy. <laughs> I made an orange orc. I would like to quickly point you towards a critical role for um, for help with getting started on miniature painting. There is a uh, they have produced a series about miniature painting, which is. Um, mm-hmm. And each episode is pretty short, pretty fun, very consumable, and informative. Nice. Yeah, I found actually a handful of YouTube painters that that do series of things that I have really enjoyed and are really educational as far as tips and tricks for different techniques and things. And so I feel like I have the knowledge, and I also have the tools now. I just haven't started. That's fair. But yeah, I will check that out as well. Got to go easy on ourselves, even two years later. Indeed. Um, (laughs) Kyle, what is your recommend number one? Yeah, so I'm going to also focus on something that I am watching. Uh, I actually just started watching it pretty recently. It is a series on HBO, uh, HBO Max, actually. I don't know if it's on regular HBO, but it's on the streaming version. Uh, It's based on a book. It's called Station Eleven. Uh, it might hit a little too close to home because it is a post-pandemic story, uh, not our pandemic, but rather a fictional pandemic from when this book was written, which I don't remember off the top of my head when that was. But uh, it's much more of the almost the whole world dies from said flu pandemic, and then it's how the world kind of rebuilds after that. Uh, the funny part is that I remember almost nothing about the book. I just remember tiny little pastiches in my brain of what app you know what action there was what happened but i remember almost no details which is great because i'm coming into this really new and it's really well done uh it's got mackenzie davis who is in uh nice. one of the more recent terminator movies uh it's got gosh who else Lori petty plays one mm-hmm. of the uh the conductors so the premise is in this post-pandemic world uh mackenzie davis is part of a traveling music and actor troupe who goes in what they call the wheel, which is like a group of seven or eight sort of makeshift towns that have built up, I think in Michigan, actually, weirdly enough, uh, as the world has sort of rebuilt itself or, you know, kind of grown over and rebuilt itself. Uh, And then, you know, hilarity ensues in terms of violence and action and whatnot. But uh, it's really good. I highly recommend it. Performances have been really good. They do the kind of nonlinear thing where they bounce back and forth between, you know, how it started, how it progressed, 
uh, how various parts of the plot kind of came to being in and around the pandemic time and then what that resulted in later. Uh, it's really solid. I highly recommend it. Nice. I haven't seen an HBO show that I haven't liked. <laughs> yeah, they usually do a pretty darn good job. I, I, I appreciate them. Uh, Mr. Mark, on to you. What is your first recommendation? Yes. Um, I would love to say that I have some reading material to recommend, but honestly, this year, last year, I didn't read a damn thing. Um, <laughs> except for except for a section of the Communist Manifesto, and that's simply because I want to argue with people that I feel are drastically misrepresenting communism as a rhetorical tool for their political propaganda. Um, <laughs> no better reason. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have any any reading to recommend, and I will also recommend something that I'm watching. I'm I'm going to recommend Disney's Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh, so good. It's so good. Um, and, and I also admit that I've been very close to Disney in the last like five years because I have I have young children. But Disney's been doing some really interesting stuff in the last handful of years, like with uh, um, Moana. They've they've been they broke some molds with uh, with representing body image, uh, like where, you know, obviously Moana has brown skin and a wide nose, but also she has she has beefy arms and legs and you know they de-emphasized her bust and so they uh they're making her look a little bit more like normal girls um in the in their most recent release Encanto they took a they took what's basically like a fantasy adventure story and set it pretty much completely inside one house which is a really cool idea just watch that movie it was really fun yeah uh, suffice it to say, I think they've been branching out a lot since the Frozen movies, which, despite being really quite good, are basic fantasy adventures that are also musicals. Yeah, they're, those movies are more typical in their formula. You know, there's a, there's a danger that threatens the whole world, blah, 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 go on a quest, and etc. You guys know it. Um, this brings me to Raya. Raya is that. But there's a really big uh, departure from other Disney movies, and it's a really simple one. It's not a musical. Huh. There, there's not one singing piece in Raya and the Last Dragon. Huh. I didn't know that. That, I think, is, uh, it strikes me as really interesting and really significant as a Disney release. And uh, true, they followed it up with Encanto, which is, again, a musical. But they're showing that it, they at least are interested in making things that are just straight up adventure movies, and it turns out they're really good at it. Mm-hmm. So yes, that's uh, that's my piece. I recommend Raya and the Last Dragon, it's streaming now on Disney Plus. Nice, nice. I still have not seen that, and I now really, really want to even more so. so oh, it's thank you for so it. good! It's so yeah, good. really, really yeah. good. Yeah, there's been a glut of really great animated movies in the last like two years yes mm -hmm. for sure i was actually just talking with my kids about because like i said we just watched Encanto probably three days ago and we were talking about the depictions of the heroines in these movies lately has been a, a nice refreshing variety of skin color body type mm -hmm. body size age all yep. kinds of things it's just really nice to have that and and even better than that is that the stories that they're telling are just really, really good stories. Mm -hmm. And they're using that 
that <laughs> this this newfound diversity at Disney, they're using it to their advantage to tell these really interesting stories by incorporating elements of those cultures and and not trying to Americanize or whitewash these stories, I felt like. So it's yeah, it's been really 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 great. They're just they're just normalizing it and I think that's fantastic. I totally agree. And it it only helps that, you know, bringing on Lynn Manuel Miranda um to do the musical stuff for their musical movies is well, it's it's fantastic. He's killing it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. He's doing okay for himself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he probably could have retired after, in well, in the middle of a Hamilton run, but uh, but no, he's yeah. still do, he's still <laughs> yes. doing good stuff. Let's segue, shall we? Sure. Okay, round two, Kyle. Back to you. Thank you. Yes, uh, we're going to talk about listening to things here. This is going to be a threefer. I'm going to go quick. Uh, the number one thing that I recommend is good headphones. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like kind of dub, but man, uh, when you have good headphones and you can kind of disappear into the world, uh, before we were doing this recording, we did pre-production for our next episode, which is Dune. And uh, Jer was telling us about the new headphones he got, which are some Sony noise-canceling ones. And uh, I've been trying... Uh, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, as you all know, as a big podcast nerd. I've been trying to listen to more music of late, and I've been trying to do more active listening to music. And uh, just mm-hmm. having good headphones that you can use to do that, where you can like really close your eyes and hear the separation, feel tracks. I mean, like you know, it, you can be a music nerd to do this. You don't have to be, but just listen differently. You know, get get some mm-hmm. good headphones. Really be able to dig in and feel that music, because man, it makes a world of difference. Number two is I want to recommend a uh, something that I have been a lover of for a long time, which is the podcast Song Exploder. I really feel like 2021, it, it wasn't a comeback because it's always been good, but I was just sort of reflecting on how amazing this last year was. I'm going to read off some of the artists that they featured. So Song Exploder is an episode, I'm sorry, a podcast uh, by Hrishikesh Hirwe, who is a wonderful, wonderful host, where they interview musicians and talk about how they wrote and performed and produced songs and basically kind of break it down, isolating individual parts, talking about the writing and performing and producing process. It's just music nerd candy. It is just so good. (laughs) So here's a list of some of the artists from 2021, not all of them, but some of them going in chronological order. Cat Stevens. Heim, Glass Animals, Jean-Baptiste, Imagine Dragons, Porter Robinson, Sparks, Cheap Trick, The Shins, Licky Lee, Lucy Dacus, John Lennon, I know that's a weird one, I'll come back to that one, Willow, The War on Drugs, Hans Zimmer, and Danny Elfman. So that was, I would say, about half of those in 2021. Um, Just incredible. Uh, The John Lennon one was especially interesting. His estate reached out to Rishikesh and asked him if he would do a Song Exploder episode kind of akin to what they're doing with Get Back on Disney+, Plus, which is also mm-hmm. incredibly good. Uh, but basically, given a, a huge amount of interviews that happened over time and uh, sort of, you know, uh, stems from different recordings to basically do a Song Exploder episode about a John Lennon solo track called God. Um, and it is unreal just incredibly cool just just to hear that you know almost travel back in time to hear lennon's voice to hear people that contributed to it that were part of it ringo Starr was in there uh it's really really something just something really special uh the other thing that i want to recommend is another podcast which is a little podcast called other people's words 
Uh, this is made <laughs> by our very own Andy Wicks. Uh, it came out shortly before 2021. It came out, in, I think, in October of 2020. But uh, you've got, I think, 11, 12 episodes under your belt. And every time that one comes out, I just like, you know, thinking talking about how Thich Nhat Hanh sort of like centers me and warms me. The uh, Seeing an, an episode of other people's words does that for me preemptively because I know that it's going to be thoughtful and interesting and well-scored, well-read. You know, it's just, it, it's people that I want to hear about talking about things that they're interested in. Uh, it is a, a podcast that Andy hosts where it is people reading off poems, books, something that is meaningful to them and reading a, a piece of that, which is why I asked the poetry thing earlier. That's kind of part of that. So, uh, Andy, you done good. I'm Aww. excited for more of whatever the future is of that. You know, no no pressure at all, but uh, it's really well done, and I, I really appreciate every time I see an episode drop there. You're going to make me cry, Kyle. Ah, go for it. So, yes, good <laughs> good headphones, song Do exploder, <laughs> other people's words. <laughs> Thank Not necessarily you. in that order. To tag along on your... Um, comment about headphones and active listening um i've been listening to strong songs a lot more lately oh that show is so good it's so good and it really it really encourages that and teaches you how to listen actively to music and and he'll say i'm going to play this again listen for this listen for that and listen to this in your right ear and this in the left ear and Mm -hmm. i've really appreciated how how he gently teaches you about what goes into making a song and and then just so it's like all right now listen to the whole thing and then you hear it and you're like oh my gosh i am hearing bohemian rhapsody or or fleetwood mac or whatever it is for the first time like new for the first time even though i've heard the song a hundred times and i i just i love how good of a job that he does with encouraging active participation in listening to music right on i agree completely that show is really special uh andy on to you what is your second round pick i'm also going to talk about things that i've listened to uh but i'm going to jump a little bit back um again thank you kyle and jer you're talking about strong songs i've listened to a few episodes of that one too and i think one thing that makes that one stand out for me along with other things like song exploder and just other podcasts. And I think even the things I'm going to talk about here in a second are that when you have someone who's very excited about what they're sharing and what they're talking about, they could be, they could be talking about the phone book, but if they're excited about it, I'm going to be into it. Like it's, it's, it makes such a huge difference to get me interested in something. If, if I know the person who's telling me about it is just super jazzed about it and just wants you to be jazzed about it too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that's a big part of what I think Strong Songs does for me is I think the host is just so he's just so giddy about all of it. Yeah. So anyhow, I'm going to talk about things that I've listened to uh like Kyle and I'm guessing like a lot of you, I consume a lot of podcasts. Um in fact, that's pretty much what I listen to. And I'm going to talk about three podcasts that are all kind of related in that they share some cast members, two of which are very closely related. And the third one is a little bit uh, slightly different. Uh, the podcasts are rude tales of magic. Oh, these, those stars of space and fun city. Uh, they're all role-playing podcasts. That's what I, that's, (laughs) that's the vast majority of what I listen to. And, um, rude tales of magic and oh, these, those stars of space are 
Uh, one of them is a kind of a straight up Dungeons and Dragons podcast. The second one is uh, a um, Laser Feelings podcast. And I'm not going to get into the mechanics of those games, but suffice <laughs> it to say, they're both really, really funny. And that's one of the things that really sucks me in is that, yeah, they, the rules are there, you know, but they're, they don't rely on them as they tell, they just tell a good story and they're just really, really funny, uh, improv people that just have really great chemistry, rude tales of magic. And Oh, these, those stars of space. And Oh, these, those stars of space is also completely improvised. Like on the spot, there is no campaign. It's every episode's a one-off and every, every episode, Mm -hmm. the cast is slightly different and the, the actors might be playing different characters. So it's very fun. It's intended to be just like, Jump in, listen to an episode, jump out, come back later, whatever. You know, no big deal. Fun City, the guy that produces Rude Tales and Stars of Space, is also uh, on the cast of Fun City, which is a Shadowrun podcast. And Shadowrun is a podcast that's pretty rules intensive, which can be intimidating and a turnoff for some folks. But these guys make the story work. And it's it's this dystopian future. You're playing kind of mercenaries or guns for hire that do questionable things. But again, it's just the the people that are on the show are great collaborative storytellers. And so the mechanics of the game are really very secondary and they don't bog down the story at all. They just tell fantastic stories that I can't wait to get into the next one. That's you know, it's another sign to me that it's a good it's a good podcast when I immediately want to listen to the next one. And I don't do that for a lot of shows. So, Rude Tales of Magic, Oh These, Those Stars of Space, and Fun City. I recommend all of them. We're really getting our money's worth on these recommends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. We're, really We're cheating as we do best. <laughs> Mark, it is to you. Thank you. I, too, have a podcast to recommend, but I'm going to save it for round three. Oh, snap. I know, twist. Uh, right now, I'm going to... Uh, recommend a couple of things that are thematic but not by media type the the first one is actually uh, a mobile game and it is called disc golf valley uh, made by latitude 64 Mm. who i i believe is a swedish company but they're mostly known for producing actual real live uh golf discs and baskets and paraphernalia but the game, Disc Golf Valley, is a mobile disc golf game. And for these times, when it is, you know, like 20 degrees below Fahrenheit, uh, below zero Fahrenheit outside, and <laughs> some of us don't want to go disc golfing in real life, um, Disc Golf Valley is a, uh, is a way to scratch that itch. Uh, also, it is a way to... Uh, to sort of realize the dream of being able to throw something 500 feet. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, but it's, it's, it's a quite a good game. Uh, a lot of the mechanics are very true to the real, uh, real life activity, activity of, uh, of disc golfing. Um, and you get to collect all sorts of fun discs. You get to play all sorts of fun courses. There are different types of, of game modes and events. Um, there's a variety of ways to engage with it. And it's it's a good way to get a little bit nerdy about disc golfing, kill some time, uh, not necessarily devote an entire afternoon or, or day to the activity, which you would do with real disc golf. I've found it to be a, a, a real nice 
time killer, basically. And also indulges my recent complete obsession with disc golf. Um, which brings <laughs> me to my second recommendation for this round, which is an actual disc golf course. Uh, it is it is called Blue Ribbon Pines. Um, I've played it a couple times now. Thank you, Jer. My last round there was absolutely abysmal, but uh, uh, but it is a fantastic course. It is uh, twenty seven holes of of all sorts of different challenges. You need every shot to be able to play there. Um, the uh, the good people at UDisc, which is a uh, which is a disc golf platform for all sorts of services, um, uh, have ranked it something like number four in their courses for the entire world. So we're very blessed to have this course in Minnesota, where uh, where many of us are. Wow. Yeah. And it's only like a half hour north of the Twin Cities. If we have uh, people who live in or are visiting Minnesota and have the time and um, and want to go disc golfing for a mere uh, $8, I think, um, it's it's well worth it. It is exactly what a disc golf course should be. Yeah, that course is something else. I can't wait to get there. I didn't, I didn't get to join the last time, so I... Uh... I missed out, but someday. Yes, someday. Andy, someday. Yes, indeed. Someday. <laughs> someday. I, I know for sure I will be playing there again, uh, probably several times in however long I am able to disc golf. Jer, let's move on to you. Uh, so two of the three so far have been uh, listenings to uh, in round two, so I will continue with that. Um, and I will recommend something that I'm listening to, which is not a podcast, um, but I have endeavored to um, fill my retail store with music that is uh, upbeat and makes me um, feel good. And so I've been listening to a lot of music that just kind of has that sort of vibe to it. And um, I found through uh just kind of passing through a lot of different spotify channels and different things uh i found a group based out of new orleans that has been around for a long time uh named galactic um, which is a new orleans sort of jazz blues funk electronic jam band so if you like any or all of those things mm -hmm. um they are great um, they had an album i will specifically recommend the album that came out in 2015 called into the deep um, which was a collab al album with Macy Gray, Mavis Staples, a couple other people. Um, most of their tracks don't have vocals on it, but a few of them do. Um, it's just like you, you can't be sad listening to their music. You can't. It's just toe-tapping, groovy little head-nodding kind of music, and it's exactly what 2020 and 2021 need is music that just makes me want to kind of boogie in my seat a little bit and that band again is called galactic i like it yeah yeah some serious bona fides as far as the people that they work with that's okay. that's great yeah for sure um and they are kind of a, a staple in the new orleans uh new orleans music <laughs> scene and they will con they will frequently have big names that pass through there jump in with them as they're playing uh they kind of have a home base uh bar that they play at a lot in new orleans so um, yeah, check that out, especially as I said, into the deep, there's a great, there's a couple of tracks there that I just can't get out of my head. Sugar doozy is one of them. 
Um, Long live the Borgne, which I think is the name of the club that they hang out in. I don't remember, but that <laughs> one's really great. Um, there's just, uh, the, the, I just love them. They're, they are, they are what is in playing in the store almost constantly nowadays. Nice. Nice. Cool. Oh, show. So let's move on to round three bonus round. Mark, what does your round three recommend? Thank you, Jer. Um, I am now going to recommend that podcast that I hinted at. Foreshadowing. <laughs> this podcast is called Greeking Out. It is. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, uh, so to preface a little bit, my older daughter has been really, really into Greek mythology lately. And I think that's uh, so fantastic. Um, so I have uh, I have indulged her interest quite a bit. <laughs> and um, and part of that was uh, uh, was getting some books and I'm looking at board games, too. But uh, uh, but through a friend, she actually found this one. Greeking Out is a podcast by Nat Geo Kids. Um, and while it is produced by a kids media company and is you know nominally aimed at kids, it's it's a really fantastic podcast for any listener who's interested in Greek mythology. And basically what it does is simply tells the stories that you find in Greek myths. It has a really simple format. It's one host and also <laughs> also a uh, an AI assistant whose name is the Oracle of Wi-Fi. Nice. <laughs> yep. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. And they just do a really, really good job of of retelling these myths. Uh, so it's you know it's it's family friendly. It's uh, really entertaining. It's just good storytelling for really interesting and cool stories. So I, I highly recommend this to anybody with uh, <laughs> with any tolerance for learning culture or whatever. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> 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 Greeking out. Greeking out. Okay. Mark, I have two recommendations for you specifically for Wait um, your turn, Jer. Mythology. <laughs> this is not my official recommendation. This is a side recommendation <laughs> for Greek mythology themed board games. So I can give them to you offline if that's better. I've I've uh I, I feel like Santorini is coming in that recommendation. Um but yeah. That the, would be num- that would be one of them, yes. Yes, please feed me. I am the baby bird. Feed me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, San- Santorini. And then the other one is, um, uh, it's a flicking game called Flick of Faith. Ooh, okay. And it's, uh, you're, you're flick- flicking little discs and there are various pantheons of gods um, that are kind of vying for different areas. It's it's a very low, lo-fi, uh, not overly complex, but it's a lot of fun. Okay, okay. I'll definitely uh, definitely look into that. Thank you. I love that there's a genre of games called flicking games. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so to button this one up, uh, I'm recommending the podcast by Nat Geo Kids, Greeking Out. Uh, indulge your interest in Greek mythology, please. It's awesome. Uh, let's move on to Andy. All right. I am going to change the the, the direction a little bit. And I'm going to talk about something that I recently consumed and it was something that I don't believe I've ever had before. And it 
was good enough that I th- I really think it altered my brain chemistry. It was amazing. <laughs> wow. Consume, like like you ate? I ate I ate this. It sounds like I'm okay. going to describe an edible that I went on a weird trip on, but it's not true at all. Uh, I ate uh, a baked good called a brie bomb. You guys <laughs> okay. ever had these before? Okay. Okay. I don't no. know. Possibly, Say more. Not. So, um, and as I, I looked up, you know, baked brie bomb recipes, there's all kinds of different things, but essentially you have uh, kind of a, the version that I had at least had kind of like pull apart dinner rolls kind of, you know, kind of as a, as a base and then baked within that mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. brie and onion. And I think there was maybe some chopped walnuts and uh, a little bit of honey on there and just baked. And you just, I mean, it was just like a tear apart and you eat it and it was, amazing dang it was, that sounds good it was one of those it's it's the moment in ratatouille when the food critic <laughs> takes the bite of ratatouille and you see his eyes big and he, like you zoom into his brain and his memory <laughs> it was one of those moments or like when Fantastic. homer simpson eats a mcrib <laughs> <laughs> sure if that helps you get there then yes Yes. <laughs> Andy, I so, appreciate your Ratatouille reference. That sequence is fantastic. It's the, it's the best it scene in many movies and certainly the best part of that movie, which was a little disappointing to me. But that particular <laughs> moment was magical. Will you bring one of these Brie Bombs to the cottage? I will see if I can find – I don't even know if my wife made them or my mother-in-law made them, but whoever made them, they it was – they're like a once a year kind of treat because you it was served in probably like a nine inch round pan for for like twelve of us to just pull apart and I could have eaten the entire thing easily. <laughs> Can you imagine a dinner of a brie bomb and pizza balls <laughs> at the cottage? <laughs> I could. Sorry, we're getting way met way meta here. I but could if it. we did it the night before. We were planning to spend the entire next day disc golfing because that's the only yeah. way you could justify <laughs> eating that much carbohydrates in one sitting. Yep. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Now, Andy, I feel like you absolutely must know if it is your wife who made this dish because, you know, if so, then the chef is in your house. Yeah, I know. In your house. <laughs> you, you the have Brie to bomb came from inside your home. <laughs> Also, uh, now, uh, Andy, you are more the medical expert than I, but I want to check you on this. Doesn't all food alter your brain chemistry, if only for the glucose content? I mean, you're probably right there, but you know, <laughs> thanks for taking the wind out of my sail. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, anytime. Pedant. Uh, no, uh, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, this just did so in a much more significant and exponentially greater fashion. Fair enough. Uh, Jer, what you got? For round three, I'm going to be talking about a recommendation of something that I've been playing lately, and that is the card game Marvel Champions. It is, as you would suggest, as you would suspect, a Marvel-themed game. It's a what they call a deck-building game, which um, there's two types of deck-building games, but I won't get into that. Essentially, how Marvel Champions works is that there are decks of cards um, that you put together based around a particular Marvel hero. And each of you players, uh, and it plays up to one to four, I believe, um, you each have your own deck with your own hero, and then you cooperatively are fighting against a specific villain. 
and there are, I believe, 24 or 26 heroes that have been released for it so far, and nearly that many villains. Um, and uh, several of them are in four or five villain campaigns um, that you would go kind of one to the next to the next, and and uh, different things carry over from from game to game. But largely, it's just sort of a standalone. I want to play this guy, you play that guy, we're going to play against this guy, and then we go, and then we play, and then we're done. Um, it's very accessible. There are, like I said, so many different heroes to try out. Each one of them feels, A, different than the others, and B, the mechanics of that hero feel like that hero, which I didn't think was hmm. possible to do in so many different iterations. But when you play Ant-Man, it makes sense. The things that you do make sense for Ant-Man's powers. And when you are playing uh, Venom or Hulk or whoever else, everything makes sense. Like, that guy does things this way, and Black Widow does things this way, and that is logical. That makes sense. And I love that about the game, that I can play a hero, and it's not just a rehash of a different hero, but it's it feels like a new experience. And we've been playing it a lot. We have played through... The most recent campaign that just went out that was um, Thanos-themed. Um, so we, we just finished that one. And now our, our new goal is we are going to take every villain and we are going to play through um, all 25 or whatever of them. And our uh, the only rules are we cannot play the same hero more than once. So we're gonna have <laughs> we're gonna kind of force ourselves to play a lot of these heroes that we haven't played very much, um, nice. but it's a blast. And it again, you can play solo, so you can just kind of solitaire and try it out and have fun. Uh, one of the guys that that uh, works with me uh, and we play D and D together, whose name is Thor. Um, he and I play together a ton, and uh, there's a couple other people that kind of pop in and out that will play. It's it's a great game. And we've been, like I said, 2020 and 2021, we've been playing playing the heck out of that game. So Marvel Champions is the name. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely love to check that out. I considered bringing it to the cottage, but it's only four player, and it's mm. um, which kind of is limiting. And it starts to get kind of jam packed when you bring when you put it all together. Um, because there's so many different decks and things. So it'd have to be kind of a slimmed down version of it that I would bring, but maybe. Uh, I've only played it once, but I was I was impressed at how superhero-y it was. And and yeah, I mean, the character design was really, really good. Um, it is as, you know, as as understandable and as, uh, as playable as a deck, deck builder game is, because those can be kind of complicated. But uh, um, I, I think this one, it uh, did it as well as any game that I've seen try to do that style. Agreed. Yeah, it's from it's from Fantasy Flight Games, which has also done a deck builder similarly around Arkham Horror, which is Cthulhu Mythos. They also did one around Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. So they know how to make deck builders, and they know how to make them thematically fit what they're trying to do. Uh, so that will bring us to the end of round three and Kyle. Yes. So uh, the last thing that I'm going to recommend uh, is something that changed my life over the last year and a half. And I don't say that lightly. It's not like, it, I don't know. It's not like 
I found God or whatever. <laughs> it's not that. Uh, rather, it's a particular type uh, or a particular brand of face mask. Uh, so as we know, we live in a world right now where masks are hugely important uh, and it is required bar none for being out in the larger world. Uh, I work in retail, which means that when we were not working from home, when we were back in the retail store environment, I wear a mask like eight hours a day. And that's a lot. Uh, I know that doctors have done that for a long time, and I am ever thankful for them for doing that, right? But uh, it's a lot. And uh, I, the thing that made it possible for me to get through this time being out in the larger world for that long uh, is having a particular type of face mask that ended up working really well for me. Uh, it's a company called Starks as in Tony Stark, but it's not actually Tony Stark. Uh, they're a vacuum sales company out of Oregon, weirdly enough, but they, I don't know if they just found like a good wholesaler or what, but their masks are extraordinarily good. They probably made them out of their vacuum filters. <laughs> you know, I honestly think that might be the case. It wouldn't surprise me, but it's got like the same kind of 0.3 micron filter that's in like KN95s and what have you. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's legitimate. They're not just like, they look pretty. Uh, they're, they're really solid, very well made. They're, they stick out from your face a little bit more. So they're a little bit, uh, a little bit more out, which also means that it's not smooshing up against your mouth and it doesn't like kind of, you know, breathe in with you while you breathe. Um, they've got above where the kind of normal nose ridge is. There's another little flap that flips up, which for me, my glasses rest on. And so, no air gets up into my goggles reach or gets up into my glasses region, which for you glasses wearers out there, I'm sure you can be like, Oh my God, send me a thousand, which is pretty much where I'm at. Uh, it, they're just so good. They're so comfy. I trust in the safety. They're washable up to a certain point. They're like 12 bucks a pop. Uh, right now they've got a buy four, get four free. So, I mean, basically that brings it down to like six, whatever, six fifty a pop. So can't recommend them enough. I seriously don't know what the pandemic would have been like without these face masks. Uh, I just know that when I have them, they're going to work for me. And uh, I watch people like pull and adjust and like tinker with their face mask all day. One, bad idea because you're touching the thing that's supposed to make you safe. Uh, <laughs> two, that seems awful. That just looks like a bad bad situation. And I just, I never have to touch mine. I never have to adjust it, which means one, again, I'm safer. Two, I'm just living my day. I just happen to be living a day behind a mask and it's not any different. So uh, they are super good. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. If you are frustrated with the masks you have, buy a few, give them a shot. I think you'll really like them. Nice. I'm Thank definitely going to do that. Yeah, they're super good. I, I, I seriously can't, can't recommend them enough. They have small ones too for, for kiddos as well, which is kind of cool. Mm. All right. Well... Here, we were thinking like, well, let's see, maybe, you know, maybe three, we'll see, well, maybe we'll do four if it only takes like 11 minutes. Well, here we are at minute 51 of recording. I don't know how much this will edit down to, but we're good and chatty. So let's see here for the 12 recommendations. I think we probably fit in about 20. So <laughs> that's good. I, that's, that's the way we roll as we should. I didn't even get to my doing, eating or reading. <laughs> we'll do that in phase two that'll be the patreon bonus episode or whatever for the patreon that we, Wait, don't we have, have a patreon <laughs> Shh, don't no, tell the, anyone the problem is we don't have a patreon <laughs> yeah we, we, we don't want patrons come on that would require listenership oh nuts jk 
Well, thank you again for hanging out with us, everybody. We're excited for 2022. Uh, we're just going to keep on keeping on. And uh, yeah, it'll be great. So thank you again for hanging us with us, as, hanging out with us as always. We appreciate you all so much. And here's to a great year ahead. Andy, Jer, Mark, thank you as always. Lee, hope you're sleeping soundly and enjoying some Z's. And uh, we'll see you all soon. Take care, everybody. Bye. And also right, with thanks. you. And also with you. <laughs>